بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء المرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين The Hawameem Surahs Part 2 The remaining four surahs in the Hawameem family are Surah Zukhruf, Surah Al-Dukhan, Surah Al-Jathia and Surah Al-Ahqaf Al-Zukhruf means literally gold adornments and the, word, the words gold and silver are mentioned more in this surah than other surahs of the Qur'an Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasizes how worthless these precious metals are in his eyes. In verse 33 when he said, And were it not that the people would become one community, meaning they would all become disbelievers, we would have made for those who disbelieve in Ar-Rahman for their houses, ceilings and stairways, made of silver upon which they mount. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is emphasizing that were it not that everyone would follow the same path, those who reject Iman, those who disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He would give them houses of gold and silver, so they have nothing left for the hereafter. The central message of this surah is that worldly adornments will take you away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Zuhud or aestheticism means renouncing the dunya, in the sense of not clinging to it and making it the most important goal in your life. It doesn't mean that a rich person cannot have zuhud. A rich person could have zuhud providing the wealth is in his hand and not in his heart. Just like a, a poor person might not have zuhud irrespective of the fact that he doesn't have wealth because he craves wealth and chases after it and makes it the import, most important goal in his life and ignores Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala irrespective of the fact that he doesn't actually own any wealth. Pharaoh in this surah is shown as a symbol of materialism. He denies Musa because he doesn't have bracelets of gold and his people are so materialistic that they cannot comprehend a leader who doesn't have the trappings of wealth such as gold bracelets and a big entourage. In verse 51, Allah says, And Pharaoh called out among his people and he said, O oh my people, does not the kingdom of Egypt belong to me and these rivers flowing beneath me? Then do you not see? Not only does he refer to gold bracelets and material possessions, but he speaks about the great river Nile, how it flows under his palaces, how he has control over it. SubhanAllah, it's an irony, and it's a common theme in the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punishes people who are arrogant, that often the things they boast most about are the things which are used to destroy them. Pharaoh used to boast about the water, about the river Nile, and it was that same water which he was drowned in. Ad used to boast about how strong they are. Man ashaddu minna quwwah. Who is stronger or greater than us? They were destroyed by simple wind. Not even a thunderbolt, not even an angel, just wind. Wind destroyed Ad. The people of Lut, they turned their fitrah, their natural disposition, the natural attraction which exists between men and women, they turned this upside down. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned their entire town upside down when he sent an angel to lift the entire city of Lut, take it to the skies and bring it crashing down upside down to destroy them. An opposite to that mentioned in this surah is Isa alayhi salam. He is the role model of zuhud and aestheticism how he used to go from place to place calling people to Islam 
with no material belongings and the most simplest of clothes. And when Isa brought clear proofs, he said, I have come to you with wisdom and to make clear to you some of that which you differ. So fear Allah and obey me. Surah Dukhan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Dukhan the great virtue of Laylatul Qadr which we have sp- spoken about before in a separate recording. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then goes on to speak about the Dukhan. This is in verse 10. Then watch for the day when the sky will bring a visible smoke. This visible smoke could be referring to the great smoke towards the end of days, which will drive people to their place of reckoning. Or it could refer to the time of the Prophet ﷺ when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished the Quraysh with a famine. And there was no rain for a very long time, which creates causes the earth to become dusty and to be blown away and creates this kind of smoke effect. <laughs> Covering the people, this is a painful torment. They will say, Our Lord, we must remove from us the torment. Indeed, we are believers. This surah warns about how intractable disbelief is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes people out of his mercy to taste some portion of the punishment in this world before they face it in the hereafter as a warning to bring them back to him and to remind them of him. And how people, when they face these minor uh, punishments, they turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promising that they will have faith in him, that they will worship him alone, that will turn back to him. And as soon as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes the punishment, they go right back to their old ways. In verse 15, Indeed, we'll remove the torment for a little. Indeed, you will return. You'll go back to your old ways. And in verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a verse, it's very tragic. How will there be for them a reminder? And there had come to them already a clear messenger. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us a depressing reality here. How will any reminder benefit them? Why? There has already come to them uh, a clear messenger. Once people reject a prophet, a prophet who is there living, breathing, role model, example, performing miracles, coming with the message, once you reject that prophet, no other sign is really going to do much good for you. You're not going to take heed of the natural signs in the universe. You're not going to take heed of the reminders Allah SWT sends you. Why? Because you've already rejected the most powerful, most potent reminder of all, which is a prophet reciting the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surah Al-Jathiyah. This is a surah which literally means the kneeling. And it's a surah which cures arrogance. In verse 7, وَيْلٌ لِكُلِّ أَفَّاكٍ أَثِيمٍ Woe to every sinful liar. يَسْمَعُ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ تُتُلَعَ عَلَيْهِ ثُمَّ يُصِرُّ مُسْتَكْبِرًا كَأَلَّمْ يَسْمَعَهَا فَبَشِّرْهُ بِعَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ Who hears the verses of Allah recited to him then persists arrogantly as if he had not heard them. So give him glad tidings of a painful punishment. In the hereafter, every nation, every nation, believing or not, will be forced to submit. Jathia, kneeling. 
they will fall down to their knees. When they see the hellfire brought forward, and the hellfire will be dragged due to its huge size by 70,000 angels with bridles bringing it forward, it will be roaring, sparks will be flying off the size of camels, the intensity of its heat as it comes closer to the faces of people, and the plumes of smoke will be rising out, and it will be bellowing out, craving for people, the hellfire will actually speak, demanding people, demanding inhabitants. It's been created for that purpose. It recognizes no mercy. It recognizes no relief. And then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins the judgment with people assembled, they will be in complete silence and they will fall to their knees in front of the judgment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in front of the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَتَرَى كُلَّ أُمَّةٍ جَاثِيَةٍ كُلُّ أُمَّةٍ تُدْعَى إِلَىٰ كِتَابِهَا الْيَوْمَ تُجْزَوْنَ مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ And you will see every nation kneeling from the fear. Every nation will be called to its record and told, Today you will be recompensed for that which you used to do. Surah Al-Ahqaf This is a surah which draws a remarkable parallel between arrogance and pride on a macro level of a nation and the arrogance and pride on an individual level demonstrated by a simple child. After describing the righteous child that grows up in the age of full maturity and strength and makes dua for himself, his parents and his children, Allah then moves on to the example of the ungrateful child. إِنَّ وَعْدَ اللَّهِ حَقٌّ فَيَقُولُ مَا هَذَا إِلَّا أَسَاطِيرُ الْأَوَّلِينَ But the one who says to his parents, Uff, uff to you, do you promise me that I will be brought forth from the earth when generations before me have already passed away into oblivion? While they call to Allah for help, Woe to you, believe, the parents will say, Woe to you, believe, indeed the promise of Allah is true. But this ungrateful child will say, This is nothing but legends of the former people. The child depicted in this verse is one who has reached maturity and full strength and now considers himself self-sufficient. He rebukes his parents with the smallest word of discontent you can say in the Arabic language, which is uff. In modern day terms, it might be comparable to tutting, groaning in discontent, rolling your eyes. SubhanAllah, Allah prohibits the smallest word of disrespect. What about more serious words of respect? What about out and out rudeness? This ungrateful child considers the appeal to faith of his parents to be nothing but ancient tales told in the past. His perception is so materialistic that he can't see further than the people in this world who live and die. He rejects the hereafter with the shallow reasoning that people from previous generations have passed away and they have not come back to tell us. The haughtiness of this child is compared to the desperation of the parent who appeals to their child to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. SubhanAllah, when you read the Qur'an, you'll be left in no doubt about the importance of good treatment of parents. One day a man came to Abdullah ibn Abbas, complaining he had committed a great and heinous sin. And what good deed could he do to make up for it? And Ibn Abbas said, do you have, is your mother still alive? And he said, no. So he said to him, go and do whatever good deeds you can. One of Ibn Abbas's students was surprised by this response and asked him, Why did you ask, is your mother still alive? And Ibn Abbas said, I know of no good deed greater, more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, than good treatment of your mother, subhanAllah. 
good treatment of your mother and of course also your father and your wider relatives and elders, but particularly your mother. And this is complete opposite of our society nowadays when the norm is to be rude, to be a rebel without cause, to be ungrateful to your parents. And subhanAllah, a child who is grateful to their parents seems to stick out like a sore thumb. Surah Al-Ahqaf literally means the sand dunes. And the name of the surah is derived um, from the place where the people of Ad used to live, which is uh, considered to be part of South Yemen. And their prophet, Prophet Hud, called them to Islam. So now we transition. So now we, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is comparing the arrogance of that child and the pride of that child to the arrogance and pride of an entire nation. An entire nation who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described about them. Lam mithluha fil bilad. Allah did not create people of the physical stature and power and advancement of civilization as the people of Ad. But what did they do? They used the blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them to be ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just as the child uses the blessings which the parents have given them, looked after them, shown kindness, cared for them, to be ungrateful to their own parents. There's a beautiful parallel drawn between the ingratitude of the parent, of the child for their parents and the ingratitude of human beings to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are described in other surahs of the Qur'an as, uh, as demanding, مَنْ أَشَدُّ مِنَّا قُوَّةً Who is stronger than us? Who is greater than us? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who responds. Did they not consider that Allah, who is the one who created them, is greater than them in strength? But they were rejecting our signs. In verse 22, They said, have you come to delude us away from our gods? Then bring us what you promise if you should be truthful. And when they saw it as a cloud approaching their valleys, they said, this is a cloud bringing us rain. Rather, it is that for which you were impatient. A wind within it is a painful punishment. SubhanAllah, they were so blinded by their arrogance that they, they were so blinded by their arrogance and belief about their own invincibility that they could not perceive the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it was right in front of their own eyes. They said, this is a cloud bringing us rain. We've been suffering drought. This is blessings for us. This is... Um, Prosperity for us. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds, Rihun fiha adabun alim. No. This is a wind within it is a painful punishment for you. The end of this surah depicts the remarkable incident where the Prophet on his return journey from Ta'if was praying Aisha Salah and a large group of jinn assembled to hear the Quran and accepted Islam without the knowledge of the Prophet. They later went to the Prophet who on two occasions met groups of jinn who went back as Muslims warning their own species and their own kind to accept Islam. SubhanAllah, so many lessons could be drawn from this incident. But think about this, that the Prophet ﷺ had just faced the most difficult experience of his life. The most difficult experience of his life was not the Battle of Uhud. It was in fact when he went to Ta'if to call them to Islam and they pelted him with rocks and stones and got the riffraff and the children of the town to drive him out. And subhanAllah, he had to come under Mecca. He, he found it difficult, sallallahu alayhi wa to even re-enter Mecca. And it was one of the pagan leaders who gave 
his protection to the Prophet ﷺ to re-enter Mecca. What do we learn from this? Never think your efforts are wasted. Allah never wastes the efforts of sincere believers. The Prophet ﷺ had his message had been completely rejected. And the Prophet ﷺ had actually returned to Mecca in a worse position than he had left. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never wastes the effort of the true sincere believers. The Prophet ﷺ was simply praying Isha. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused a new species, a different species to come to listen to the Prophet ﷺ, to hear the message of Islam and to go back to their people. وَإِذْ صَرَفْنَا إِلَيْكَ نَفَرًا مِنَ الْجِنِّ يَسْتَمِئُونَ الْقُرْآنَ فَلَمَّا حَضَرُوهُ قَالُوا أَمْصِتُوا فَلَمَّا قُضِيَ وَلَّوْا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِمْ مُنْذِرِينَ And when we directed to you a few of the jinn, listening to the Qur'an, and when they attended it, they said, listen quietly. And when it was concluded, they went back to their people as warners. SubhanAllah, these jinn simply overheard the Qur'an once, just one salah. And, and they saw the Prophet ﷺ praying once. And it's enough to inspire them to become callers to Islam. This is the transformational effect that Iman is supposed to have on us. This is the way we are supposed to be motivated to save our own people, to go back and warn our people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to fulfill our responsibility of da'wah. Hada wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.